Hey there, it's Vashti Sarah. Welcome back to Post Blog. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button. All the buttons stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. And for those of you who this is not your first time, welcome back. Hey y'all, welcome back. I hope you're having a great Wednesday and a great start to your morning if you're listening to this early in the morning or if you are midday, um, if you're a midday listener, I hope you're having a great lunch. If you are driving, if you are winding down for your day, I hope that, you know, life's good. Life is great and that you can find at least one thing to be thankful for. So today we're going to continue with our series, All My Friends Are What Now? So this week we're going to talk about All My Friends Are Married What Now? Last week we touched on All My Friends Are Dating, you know, when you're the single Pringle, everyone else is in a relationship and you're kind of third wheeling, fifth wheeling, and you maybe feel pressured to be dating because everyone else is dating or you're lonely because you're not invited to all the couple things. And I challenged y'all last time to not allow loneliness or the convenience of someone being uh, someone else being single to drive you into the pressure of dating and also to embrace where you're at, embrace the season that you're in because it's, it is one of the greatest seasons you'll ever experience. And to capitalize on that and to look at your singleness as a part of history, a part of um, a mark that you're going to leave. And if you are simply just living day by day and your only focus is finding a significant other, then you're kind of living a crappy life, to be honest. But last week, that's what we talked about. And I, I hope I don't come across as um, heartless whenever I speak. But at the same time, I also, I, I don't want to mince words. I want to shoot straight with y'all who are listening and to hopefully encourage, motivate, and also convict y'all. Um, because we can use the excuse of dating to remain in a rut um, or use the excuse of not being in a relationship to remain in a rut. And we don't realize that it's a great opportunity for us to better ourselves, to become a better version of ourselves, to work on areas in our lives that we probably wouldn't have the chance to work on had we been dating or been in a relationship. So today we're going to talk about all my friends are married. What do I do now? You're finally in a relationship. You're no longer the single one. You proudly hold the title of girlfriend or boyfriend. And just like that, everyone else is either engaged or they're so close to being married or are married. And life comes crumbling down once more. That's where I was. When Jared and I first started dating, I remember feeling like I was in a dream because I had never dated before. And, you know, I had crushes here and there. I talked to certain guys here and there, but I never was in a committed relationship. And one that I could see, you know, this is, this is a forever thing. I I can definitely see myself marrying this guy. I've, I've never, I had never been in a relationship like that before or in a relationship for that matter. And, you know, Jared in himself, like he passed all the tests. And for those of you who know our love story, you know that there was a lot of pursuing. Jared um, pretty much sacrificed it all just to gain the approval of my family. And it's not because my family think they're all high and mighty. It's just my my parents and my siblings are 
crazy protective. And a lot of that has to do with my past and, um, you know, being hurt um, and that trust that was lost in men. So I think not only did I not trust men, my parents didn't trust anyone after that, um, whether you say you're a Christian or not. And then also my brothers, they gained a whole new perspective of protectiveness. So when Jared and I started dating, it was like a pinch me moment or pinch me moments because I just I just didn't think, wow, this is possible. And if you listen to last week's episode, you know, I, I thought I would be single for the rest of my life with a bunch of kids um, that I adopted because I love children. Anyways, so when Jared and I first started dating again, um, I, I, it was a wonderful season of our life. But at the same time, I felt so pressured to get married. And that's because all of my friends started getting married and started going on married couple trips and married date nights. And they would have conversations about marriage and things that Jared and I didn't really need to be hearing or we really didn't need to be in those types of conversations because we didn't want to open a can of worms or open doors that weren't ready to be opened yet. So there was a lot of pressure. And then also, I mean, once you have a boyfriend and everyone else sees, oh, this is, they're definitely going to get married. There's also that question always. So when are you going to propose? When are you going to propose? When are you guys going to get married? Um, Aren't you excited to get married? And there's always this constant pressure to move forward to the next phase of life. And I remembered being overwhelmed by all those questions that to this day, whenever people are dating, I try my best to refrain from placing that pressure on newly dating couples because you also don't want them to feel like they have to get married because they also don't know if this is a long-term thing, hoping it is, but they don't know if this is a long-term thing. They're testing the waters. And I also don't want to be obnoxious. Um, That's not to say that the people who were asking us those questions were being obnoxious. I don't want to be rude. But if we're being honest, it is overwhelming whenever that type of question is being pushed over and over and over. And no one has anything else to talk about except when are you going to get married? So I did put a lot of pressure on Jared. Uh, Six months in, I I wasn't ready to get married, but I was ready to get married just for the questions to stop and just to fit in because everyone else was married. And it's awful because I placed so much pressure on him. And thankfully, he is a man that's very grounded, very secure. He doesn't give in to peer pressure at all. Never. And I and never has and probably never will give in to peer pressure. Um, but he just remained patient. And he told me, Vashti, just enjoy where we're at. Enjoy this season. You just came out of singleness. And now we're newly dating. Just give it some time. We barely know each other. And if we do get married, if I do propose right now, we will not be in the right headspace where our getting married is for the wrong reasons. And on that note, poor reasons to get married is because everyone else is married in order to please their significant other or for other selfish reasons. And you know, for sex, for gratification, because you already are, you're already having sex. So you kind of just want to seal the deal so you don't feel guilty. Those are poor 
reasons to get married because marriage is a covenant that you're making not only between you and the person that you're pursuing, but also with God. You're signing a contract before the Lord and saying, I commit myself to this person for the rest of my life. I love this person, but but outside of love, outside of that, I am deciding to choose to live my life with this one person for the rest of my life. And that's a big deal. That's a big old contract. That's nothing to take lightly. But I'm glad that Jared told me, take your time, Vash. You're going to look back and envy that you rushed this season. My grandma um, on my mom's side, she would always tell us, pasencia, which I think I'm saying it correctly, but patience, have patience. And as a kid, I just, I always wanted to get to the next phase of life. I always wanted to keep on going, keep on moving. And to this day, it, it is somewhat of a problem because Jared always has to tell me, hey, slow down. You're moving faster than life right now. Slow down, enjoy where you're at. And as a kid, that trait seeped into how I treated relationships. I just wanted to get to the next phase, wanted to keep moving forward. And I always have to remember my grandma's voice and her charge, paciencia. Just be patient. Be patient, little one. Don't rush life. Because everyone was married, I wanted to be married too. And that was very juvenile and immature thinking. I thought that if Jared and I had gotten married, you know, I wouldn't feel left out or behind anymore. I thought that, you know, this whole thing was a race and I needed to be in first place. And my competitiveness always, you know, leaks into different areas of my life. But competitiveness, that need to be in first place should never, ever be why we rush from one season to another, especially when it comes to relationships and marriage and childbearing. Poor, poor reasons to keep moving forward, to keep getting to the next phase of life. So that was something I was wrestling with. And I think with the Christian community, that's something that can, can easily be a why we're rushing to the next phase of life. And the crazy thing is, six months in, I was ready to get married, ready, but not ready. And then a year in, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm enjoying this way too much. We're slowly introducing hand-holding, slowly introducing kissing, and, you know, just slowly taking on those new elements of being in a relationship. And I realized he was right. I don't need to rush this thing. I don't need to, I don't need to move fast. I don't need to get to the next phase. Yeah, it'd be nice to be married. But at the same time, we have so much to grow up. We have so much to develop. And if I move too fast, we would hurt ourselves. We would hurt our relationship. We would hurt where we're currently at. So things that Jared and I did while we were dating. Simple, get to know each other. Sounds very simple, but honestly, getting to know each other, there's so much and especially if you're like me, I'm, I'm an onion where there's so many layers upon layers that you have to peel back and be patient while you're peeling back. Because once you get to the core, there was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of stuff that I was dealing with and have been through therapy and counseling. But getting into a relationship, all those wounds resurface. And I had to learn how to trust the person that I was pursuing. Because 
here's the thing. Once you've been scarred in your past, especially physically, there are so many layers to healing. And although I was healed and although I approached those areas before I started dating Jared, when we started Jared, when I started dating Jared, those wounds presented itself in a whole different light. Because yes, I was healed, but at the same time, I'm starting to date someone. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to implement those things that I learned in counseling and therapy. I started implementing trusting a man, giving him access to hold my hand, giving him access to give me sweet kisses and not think they're impure or, or he has a second agenda um, to his physical touch. I started giving him access to my heart and getting to know him and share the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. And being confident that, hey, this person that I'm opening up myself to truly loves me. And he, it's all from, a, from pure intentions and from a pure heart. We learn to branch out of our circle of friends, but also we learn not to neglect our single ones. And that's something I, I was very mindful of because I didn't want to be so wrapped up in being in a relationship that I forgot everyone else. Because, hey, our relationship was not guaranteed, even though I knew, I knew in my heart this was the person I was going to marry and he knew in his heart, hey, Vashti is the person I'm going to marry. We also did not neglect our single time. We still enjoyed working out. We still you know, enjoyed hanging out in our own specific friend groups. We still enjoyed our one-on-one time. We did not allow being in a relationship to, to stop us. I didn't stop my life for Jared and he didn't stop his life for me. I traveled with my married best friends. He traveled with his friends and we know we kept each other accountable. We served together and we served individually And I think a lot of time, that's one of the biggest things, especially in the Christian community. When we start dating, we feel like we need to stop our life entirely and we just follow the man. And don't get me wrong. I do believe wholeheartedly that the 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 right way or at least the way that works is the man is the head and then the woman. And we should follow the man's leading. However, However, we should not forget we are also our own individual. So even though Jared is the man, he leads. First of all, we're not married. So I'm not going to quit everything I'm doing to follow him. I'm not going to quit what the Lord has specifically called me to do just to follow him. So we still served in our individual ministries. I was still doing worship. He was doing uh um, he was doing greeting and serving. He was doing the youth ministry. I particularly don't like youth ministry. I, I love youth, but I don't like youth ministry because I genuinely don't have the patience for it. But the Lord knows if he calls me to it, I will be obedient. But I, my focus was on young adults and worship. His focus was on youth and serving in the media or in greeting, in security. But we still kept on keeping on in our growing in our own circle, in our own realm. We didn't stop what we were doing because the other person, because we wanted to follow the other person. And and if anything, I hope that's the biggest thing you take from this episode. Don't stop what you are doing just because you're in in a relationship to follow 
that other person, unless, unless it's something that, you know, you got convicted on and either it's wrong or that season has closed, but don't stop what you're doing just to follow someone else because that person isn't guaranteed. Your relationship isn't guaranteed until you seal that covenant. That's when that relationship is for sure. So if you're in the dating season, don't rush it. I'd even loop if you're in the engagement season, don't rush that too. Don't rush to get married. Don't rush to get to the next phase of life. You know, Judah and the Lion says in one of their songs, um, Landslide, I climb a mountain, then I turn around and I saw my reflection in the snow covered hills till the landslide brought me down. Before you know it, your reflection is a part of history. The history we can either choose to be a part of or only have a vague memory of. The writer King Solomon knew this all too well. And when he advised us in Proverbs 19.2, he says, Desire without knowledge is not good, and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. In other words, if we move too fast, we miss what, what is right in front of us. A lot of times we're so eager to rush and move and just such a fast paced mentality that we miss the miracle that is right before us, that we miss the opportunities that are right before us. We keep seeing, saying no to these open doors because we're rushing to the next phase of life. And then we sit there and we're like, God, why haven't you opened a door? Why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? When the Lord is like, hello. I've been open, opening doors left and right. I've been having arrow signs pointing this way, hello, this way. And you keep rushing and moving to the next phase. And you miss everything that I've been trying to do for you. What we often desire, we know nothing of. We desire love. And we know not how to love. We desire companionship. And we've been a poor friend to those around us. We desire grand things when we're a slob at living. So take some time, clear your mind, and truly evaluate why you are desiring what you're desiring outside of relationships, even though this is a relationship episode. Truly evaluate why you're desiring what you're desiring. And if it's simply to gratify, And if it's simply to gratify the flesh, run, run far away from it. If it's simply to gratify a dopamine hit, run from it. The best source of wisdom and understanding, obviously, is the Lord, is the Bible. And God will convict us. God is is not a respecter of persons. If we want wisdom, if we want knowledge and wisdom, he's going to grant us that. He's going to give that to us. So truly, truly ask the Lord, should I be in this relationship? Should I be moving so fast? And if outside of relationship, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? And the Lord's going to convict us and guide us. And he's going to direct your path. Don't rush the season that you're in. Don't be so quick to move that we miss what is right in front of us. Desire without knowledge is not good and whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. If you're in a relationship, don't move so fast that you miss what's right in front of you. Don't move so fast 
that you miss who you are. Don't move so fast that you miss what God is doing. That's it for today, guys. Thank you for joining me on Post Blog. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like button, follow button, share button, all the buttons. Stay connected with the Post Blog podcast. Same time, same place next week. I love y'all. But remember, God loves you most.